Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Lunchtime, your bi-weekly podcast for bivocational and busy pastors. So glad you're here. Glad that you've taken time out of your day to be with us. Well, we are barreling towards the end of the year. As this uh, episode hits, it will be just a couple of hours until the end of the year. And I am so glad to have been with you during 2022. Look for God to do great things during 2023. And again, would love for you to continue to be a part of uh, the Wunch Time uh, listening family. I uh, appreciate you. appreciate your support uh, during the past uh, year and a half as we, uh, we seek to encourage and serve you. Let's go to Lord together in prayer. Father, as we end 2022 and we look ahead to 2023, we know that you're already there. You're already in our future. You know exactly what's going to happen. You know what's coming in the days ahead. You know what's uh, what our challenges are going to be. And we continue to look to the hills from where our help comes from. Lord, we look to you. We look to your your throne. We look to your mercy and your grace and your wisdom from whence our help comes from. Lord, we know we cannot do this. Uh, we cannot pastor and serve churches. We cannot come alongside them and encourage them uh, without your, your ministry in our lives. Because if we try to do that, we will fail uh, terribly. And so, Lord, we want to be right in the middle of your will. We want to do the things that will bring you honor and glory. So, Father, I pray for encouragement uh, for my brothers uh, during this time of year, during this season, as they finish up Christmas and they take a deep breath and they look ahead to the new year. I pray that you would give them the encouragement they need for the days ahead. In Christ's name, we humbly pray. Amen. Well, today we're going to have part two of our interview with Todd Brooks. And so if you haven't already listened to part one, I want to encourage you to go back uh, and listen to part one of this interview with Todd Brooks. It'll make a lot more sense if you do it that way. So I encourage you also, if you'd like to send us an email, we'd love for you to do that. My email address is Hans at onechtime.com. That's H-A-N is a nice S at onechtime.com. And if you'll send me your questions, you'll send me your comments, your ideas for episodes to come. I sure would appreciate it. We're looking for some great things to go on in 2023, but uh, the Lord only knows because he's there and we're grateful for that. But again, I want to uh, welcome back today, uh, Todd Brooks as our uh, interviewer, and uh, just hope that you will uh, learn from him and, and hopefully we'll glean some things that will encourage you in your ministry. You serve a church where you have a number of relatives. You said about half of the people that attend or are members of Evergreen are family in some sense. I mean, they may be a third cousin, twice removed kind of thing, right? Um, what, what do you see as the positives and negatives of that? The positive is that we know each other. The negative is, is that we you know, know each, each other. other. <laughs> yeah. but, but in all honesty, um, it, it, it's been a positive thing for us because there's, there's, no, uh, there's no masks. Um, you don't have to wonder where right. everybody is, right. uh, what, they're, what they're thinking. And, and, I, and I, I think the church needs to be a place where the masks are put aside. Sure. Um, and, you know, what I found 
whether it be family or not, is you know what comes out of the mouth is revealing the heart. Mm-hmm. So instead of being angry or, or aggravated with somebody about what they say or how they're doing, it's, it's helped me as pastor to, to understand from a spiritual perspective that things just aren't quite right in the heart. Right. And so all I'm seeing is symptoms of a heart problem. Sure. And it helps me to know how, how better to help address that. Well, I would say that at, when when I was pastoring, and, I, and I've heard this comment from other pastors, that when you become the pastor of a church, the relationship with the people changes. And I've known some churches where um, the pastor was a part of the church and then became pastor of the church at a, at a later date, maybe like yourself, where he was a deacon and then became pastor later on. And almost to a person, they would say that the relationship changed in in some way. Uh, and I, I'm just wondering, have you experienced that? And what's your what's your take on that? Well, actually, this this past week, uh, just in our our scripture that we were using, uh, we read about how Jesus came back to his hometown, right? And if you remember, he went to the synagogue and uh, he preached there. And, you know, they were saying, hey, isn't this Joseph's boy? And it, uh, he, he's one built the table for us, you know, that, that kind of thing. And so they didn't, as it says a little bit later in that scripture, that, that Jesus did no great work there because they didn't believe in him. Right. They had no faith. Um, I, my, my transition, if you will, was smooth. Um, but I think the biggest part was in me, not so much in the people because... I felt like I was the little boy, the kid that grew up there. And, you know, in a lot of ways, how could I look at these? How could I look at these spiritual giants in front of me? And right, them? right, right. Yeah. And, uh, and God blessed me with some great, great spiritual leaders. Amen. Um, growing up, uh, one in particular, he was my Sunday school teacher for years. When I became a pastor, he was the chairman of the deacons, and he was he was my right arm in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I'm sorry about all the motion, but no, uh, no, no, it, it's, it's it's just real to me. Yeah, and uh, I thank God for for those people that he's he plugged into my life through our church family. Yeah, and uh, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Amen, amen. And it's uh it's it's good to have people like that, and and I'm glad that that you did. I'm sure that that. Uh, is is a is a great sense of encouragement to you, knowing that that the Lord blessed you with with an Aaron and a her, yeah. um, and and I know um, that that's it's tough. It's tough when some of those get called on to glory uh, or called somewhere else, um, and uh, and I and I knew that. But uh, well, that, that's that's a real encouragement because I, I feel like. Um, Every pastor kind of goes through a honeymoon period, um, and that looks different for different guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wondered about how uh, you, in particular, um, with with folks that were older than you, is like, well, you know, I, I used to change his diapers. Uh, I, I remember him as a teenager and all the things he did there. And now he's he's preaching, and 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 he's. He's pointing things out in Scripture, and, and he's he's trying to convict people of sin. But I I, I know where where the body's buried in his life, 
Um, and so uh, to me, that would be an interesting situation. And I, I'm sure you do have struggles, just like sure. Jesus did, uh, ministering to that community because of the relationship. I mean, it's, it's a positive and a negative, right? Um, just like you said, the positive is we know each other. The negative is we know each other. Yeah. Well, there's a struggle on both sides of the pulpit. Sure. And I think it's arrogance on the part of any pastor that gets up in front of his church family and he puts on a mask himself. Right. And acts like he's got it all together. Right. Because, um, I'm sorry, it just is what it is. That's yeah. arrogance. Yeah. Because, uh, and, and I, I try to, uh, I want to be absolutely biblical with my church family. I want to I want to speak the truth and speak yeah. the truth in love. But I do want to speak the truth. And so especially when I know that what I'm speaking to them about is an issue that I've either dealt with or, or, or is dealing with presently, uh, a struggle, I, I, I like for them to know, I like them to know my scars. Yeah. Because I, I, I want them to see that we're struggling through this thing together. We're right. growing together. And, you know, I, I want to see the body of Christ be in the body of Christ when we have a, a, a weak part in the body or a part of the body is injured the rest of the body rushes to that that part's aid, and it, if it's whichever side of the pulpit that's on, it needs to be known and it needs to be shared. And I, do, I just don't believe God has created us to be solo saints, and He's He certainly don't have any perfect saints down here. We will be one day, but, right. but that day ain't here yet. Right. And so, with that being said, I I thank God that we had the kind of rapport in our church family where we can be honest and we can we can say what needs to be said, and uh, just let it come down where, where the Lord will have it and deal yeah. with it. That's a good word. That's a good word. All right, so what has been your greatest challenge so far in these uh, eight, eight years and one month? Time. Well, you said September 14th, right? So a little longer than one month. <laughs> time, yeah. Yeah, yeah time, time is, um, I feel my wife and I, we talk a lot of times about who put our life on fast forward, and it feels like that a lot of times. Sure. Um, complete transparency just over the, the last few weeks you know I, I've in my mind it's, it's been like everything has been going 100 miles an hour and I'm like Lord I, I need an exit ramp for a little while <laughs> you know and so I'm thanking God for for this couple weeks three weeks that we're gonna kind of get to slow down just a little bit and to, to be able to think and process and that that has been my my biggest struggle um, you know with, with our business as it is I mean, God's blessed us in that, um, and I and again, I I don't feel like the business is a hindrance to ministry. It's an addition to ministry, but um, just just day to day living and family and and life and work and church, it can be a load. And but I'm I'm not saying that as a victim. I'm saying that as a victor because I I believe as long as we're doing what God has called us to do, He He is absolutely on the hook for for supplying the. The will and the do, as yeah, it says, yeah, yeah. Um, in our lives. Well, and and that's kind of I think about the passage in in Isaiah where you know they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will they will run and not grow weary. And when you're doing what the Lord wants you to do, sometimes you do get wearied. Sure. But I feel like when we're we're in the center of God's will, we we get to go a little further than we would have. Uh, maybe a lot further than we would have if we had tried to do it on our own ability and strength and everything else. And the um, impact is more meaningful. Exactly, exactly. And I think that uh, many of our listeners uh, who are primarily bivocational pastors would relate to the desire to have 
um, more time would relate to uh, the uh, the statement of it feels like my life is in fast forward. I mean, because I got to imagine like it's just uh, you remember the old commercial. You may not remember this, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial. It's time to make the donuts. And then at the end of the commercial, the guy says, it's time to make the donuts. And then he walks in on himself and I, I made the donuts. And mm-hmm. and that's I'm sure how you can feel at times with sermon prep and doing things for your, your business and, and other stuff. It's just like you, you meet yourself coming and going sometimes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, just want to thank you again for listening today, and uh, we're coming to the end of the year. A lot of us are looking for ways that we can give a little extra, or maybe you know someone in your church that's interested in giving a little extra. Let me give you a place that you might consider giving a little extra to, and that's uh, our Mallory Baptist Associational Scholarship Fund. The scholarship fund is for students from the Mallory Association who are attending a Christian college or seminary. Uh, and their desire is to serve the Lord through ministry, whether that be missions or whether that be pastoring or some other ministry area. And we've been able to have this scholarship and we've been able to fund it uh, thus far. And uh, we're grateful for those funds. But obviously, we'd love to do more. Right now, I'm aware of about five students in, within our uh, colleges and seminaries that are seeking to um, do what the Lord wants them to do. Um, and be in a ministry of some sort uh, from our Mallory Baptist Association churches. There very well may be more, uh, but this is a great opportunity. And also, if you're one of those people, if you are listening and you are trying to uh, go to school uh, and you might could use some help, we're going to be sending out information about how to apply for that scholarship in the first of the year. So I want to encourage you to do that. Also, real quick, our Trainuary event is coming up January 28th. You're going to hear more about this in the days ahead, but Trainuary 2023 is coming up at First Baptist Sylvester, Georgia on January 28th. we got some great folks coming to help you, uh, to our pastors, to help uh, youth volunteers and leaders, also to help music volunteers and leaders. I, man, I'm, we're going to share a lot more about this in the days ahead, but I hope that you will plan on being there with us. You can go on eventbrite.com and you can sign up there or you can go to the mallory.org website. That's M-A-L-L-A-R-Y.org website. And you can learn how to give to the scholarship or to register for the Trainuary event on January 28th. Hope to see you there. Um, in my view, you have very strong convictions, uh, especially when it comes to issues concerning Scripture. I feel like our listeners have probably heard a good bit of that uh, during our time together. Uh, and yet you have a gentle and humble way of communicating those convictions. What do you attribute this to? Because, man, I'm going to tell you, not everybody's got that. Okay, so wh- where, where did this come from? I'll blame the Lord for it. Um, I I don't believe in burning bridges. Uh, I, I sat in a conference at a at a uh, a ministry conference one time, and and uh, there was a pastor there. He had a very large church, that kind of thing, and um, and his 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 main thrust of his talk was um, how he got rid of of 
of troubled people in his church. And I'll be honest with you, I, I left that, that, that conference meeting upset myself uh-huh. because I understand that there are people in the church that can cause trouble. Sure. Um, you know, sometimes there's going to be people who, for them, it's a power play kind of a thing. Uh, this is my family church. We've always been here, and uh, we give the most or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that because I've experienced that personally, but I know it happens. Um, and and so with that being said, I I believe there's a whole lot of truth in the fact, because it is Scripture, that we are to speak the truth in love. And so when we have to speak truth and be hard about something, it is never so that you will just buy into my point. It's not like I'm trying to score on you by, by up, uphanding you on, on some kind of theological debate or, or a practical issue, whatever the case may be. And and I believe that if we do exercise that doctrine of, of truth and love as we should, both of us are going to walk away better. And it's never never the idea of, of hurting someone, tearing them down. But even when it, when it comes to how Jesus said that we're to confront someone who's who's in sin, he says, remember yourself lest you also be tempted. Right. Because all of us are susceptible to, to error. Uh, a matter of fact, along that thought, um, I, I encourage my church family often, I say, don't you ever believe anything because you hear me say it. If you can't be like the Bereans and take it back to the Word of God, uh, first of all, please let me know if I slip up and I say something that's, right. that's out of line because everything we do must be filtered through Scripture. But I, I want people to be truthful with me. I, I don't want them to mask uh, because they're afraid of hurting my feelings. Sometimes my feelings need to be hurt. Right. Um, but I, I think when it comes to us speaking truth to someone, the truth is so important, but the love is so important because, again, it's it's not about a personal thing. It's always about bringing glory to the Lord, and we're never going to do that if we hurt someone uh, and just don't care and how we say things. That sounds a little bit like 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah. Yep. I speak, well, well uh, with that one being all about love, you know, and I, and I think of the Apostle Paul as he was, as he penned that through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you know, I mean, he, he said, you know, I'd be eloquent. You know, I, I, can, I can be all kinds of, all kinds of things to all people, but if I don't love them, it was only for my gain. Right. Best I can understand, the Lord's really not concerned about my gain. The Lord's highest priority is His glory. And so I don't think we need to conduct ourselves in a way, especially since we named the name of Christ, since I call myself a pastor, I don't want to do anything to turn anyone away from the Lord. Right. But I don't want to lie to them either by not telling them the truth that they need to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what do you see as challenges for bivocational pastors in the future? Well, number one, I I really believe that bivocational pastoring is going to become a greater thing mm-hmm. as we move forward. Because More of them. Financial constraints that churches have uh, with the economy as it is presently. Um, one other kind of a side note to that is I remember a conversation I had with a a bivocational pastor a few years back, and he had gone what we call full-time at at some point in his ministry, and he said that he had come back to being bivocational because he had the temptation in his life of filtering his message because he was afraid of what would happen if he spoke what the Lord had said to him. And so if that's a temptation, 
I think we ought to nip it in the bud. Yeah. And and go ahead and trust the Lord with uh with what He's laid on our heart to share and and speak it. But I, I think bivocational pastoring is a is a great opportunity because I think you're able to better minister to the people because you know what it is to get out there and have a family and you work during the week and you know you you have those constraints of of time and money and all the rest of those things and being able to identify better with with the people that you're serving and then one last question as we enter time together what advice would you give to someone who may be who may feel called to bivocational ministry and i would even go a step further and say uh, call to bivocational ministry within the church where a lot of his family is a member. What what, what advice would you give there? Because I think you have a unique perspective that many of us wouldn't have. You just be sure it's God doing the leading. Right. But I'll be honest with you, in, a, in that same vein, is I believe that's the biblical model is to raise up leadership sure. within the church. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously, you know, I'm not slighting any church that, you know, brings in someone from outside, music director otherwise. But, you know, one of the things that the Lord has just really challenged me with over the past year or so in particular is, again, going back to what I mentioned earlier about developing leaders. And so um, we need to have people who are, who are willing to serve uh, in a team effort. For instance, if, if, if you have several folks who, are, who can sing well, uh, they have a, a good uh, out front voice, if you will. Uh, let several folks lead music. Right. Uh, you know, if you've got a choir, you know, diversify. Bring as many people on board to be able to serve. Right. And if if you see a gift that God has blessed somebody with, with with a talent, whatever the case may be, do all you can to, to fertilize yeah. that. Yeah. Hoe, hoe it. Uh, do do everything you can to cultivate it. And and that's that's been something that I've. I've tried to be more intentional about over the last year or two. And so I, I think that's an important part of no matter if it's a big church, small church, anywhere in between is don't let every, anybody ever feel like they're expendable. Yeah. And, you know, look for that person who, who, who is quiet that sits over in the corner that, that doesn't have the personality to, to self engage with other people and, and find out what God's doing in their life and do everything you can to celebrate it and encourage it. So you might would say something like, getting back to the beginning of this response that disciple someone as if they're going to be a leader within your church until they die. Mm -hmm. But then if the Lord moves them on, you celebrate that with them and you just start the process over. Yeah. I, I had a conversation with another pastor not long ago and we were talking about that concept about the, the personal feelings that you have, you know, when you, if I can just say it this way, you feel like you've poured into somebody, you've poured and poured and poured, and then all of a sudden they're they're going off to serve somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and in our flesh, it's easy to feel like, well, I've been gypped in this deal, you know? That's right. But no, you haven't. Uh, you, you think about how, again, go back to kingdom work. Not Evergreen Baptist Church work, but kingdom work. And what has God called us to but to promote, support, encourage when, if, if you are a church of like faith, if you are biblical in your, in, your, in your living, preaching, teaching, we are on the same team. That's right. And so it's important that we, that we see this as a, from the standard or the standpoint of, of kingdom work and seeking what God would have us to do. And if God puts somebody in your midst that you can, that you can challenge and encourage and see them grow in the walk and then they, they begin to go off and, and whether they be a pastor or whatever the case may be, wherever they go to serve, celebrate it. 
celebrate it. Because do you think God took them away just so you would be lacking? Right. Could it be they needed to move on right. so that someone else could come up and right. you could have time to mentor them and grow them? Because that's what it's about, it's growing the kingdom of God. Good stuff. Good I, stuff. I know a fellow who wrote a book about that. This yeah. Week. yeah. yeah. Uh, Todd, thank you so much for being with us. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I hope this has been an encouragement to you, and I hope that we'll see you next time. Hey, I know that you were encouraged like I was. Hope to see you back next time.